Thank you for selecting this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center's Media Ministry. Sit back and relax and prepare to hear God's Word. And now here's today's speaker. While in the book of Malachi, the first chapter. You see, saints of God, it is so easy to get caught up in a form to get caught up in a ritual that you miss a love relationship with Jesus Christ. It is so easy to just come in and sit down and not worship him. I cannot tell you of the numbers of people, of the scores of people that come into the house of God religiously on certain days and they do not offer him worship they come some come to fulfill a religious quota some come to make themselves feel better some come to find a husband some come to find a wife some come to look at the women to look at the men some come as if it's a club some come because uh, of who is there in the church. And if they can just meet them, then their lives will be better. Their ministries will be better. Their businesses will be better. They come to hook up. They've forgotten that the true purpose of the house of God is to worship him. And it, it is so possible to enter into his house. And have everything else on your mind but him. It is so possible that when the music begins to play, to get all caught up in the music and forget him. It is so possible that even when our favorite song is not played, we won't get up, we won't do anything because that's not my song. But when my song comes up, then I'll jump up and worship. It is so possible to get caught up in a form and miss God. But the days of that are over. The Bible declares and the Lord Jesus says that the hour cometh and now is that the Father seeks true worshipers. Those who worship him in spirit and in truth. I came today to tell you what well, thus saith the Lord. We're living in the last days in the end times. And it is time for a shaking within the body of Christ. It's time for a shaking. It's time for the shaking. The Bible declares that judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. It must begin with us. How can God judge the world if he does not first judge the church? You see, the church is meant to, to proclaim a standard. It's meant to proclaim the kingdom message. The church is meant to display or show another way. The Bible declares that there are two ways that lead out of this life. One way is narrow, and that leads to the gates of heaven. The other way is broad, and it leads to destruction. But we are meant to be in this life signposts pointing to the way pointing to the way of Christ, pointing to glory. Are you with me today? 
There's got to be a shaking. We've got to shake ourselves out of this apathy. We've got to shake ourselves out of slumber. We have to shake ourselves. We become so comfortable down here that we've forgotten the true meaning of this life. And the true meaning of life is to worship him, to honor God for his pleasure. We were created. I pray with me today. I came as a friend, not as a foe. I came to help you. I came to give you what thus saith the Lord. And I do pray that what you hear today by the spirit will step on your toes, will crush your toes, and will hit you right between your eyes. I came today with a double barrel shotgun spiritually. It is cocked and it is loaded to fire. And I pray that it blows up or shoots away everything that is unlike God in your life. The book of Malachi, the first chapter. Right away when most churchgoers hear Malachi, oh, he's going to talk about tithing and offering. That's what Malachi is all about. You better read your Bible. Malachi, let's go to Malachi, the first chapter. Yes, it does contain tithes and offering. But it does also contain another message that you've got to hear today. We'll be reading a lot out of the King James and also out of the Amplified Bible. Please hear what we say. Now, we've already stated earlier, and I will state it again for the record publicly so that the world can hear. You don't have to give a tithe or an offering in your local church in order to get to heaven. Jesus already stated how we get to heaven, and that's through belief in him. That's through belief in him. You don't have to go to church to get to heaven. The thief on the cross didn't go to church. The thief on the cross didn't pay tithes or offering. But yet and still, Jesus said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. But why do we go to church? Because the Bible says, now, unless you're going to die in the next few seconds after your conversion, you're going to need to fellowship with those that are of like precious faith so they can build you up so that when you fall, they can help you up. You're going to need someone else to identify with to help you through the difficult struggles of life. You're going to need somebody. You're going to need the rest of the body of Christ. You see, if you are part of the eye, an eye by itself has no definition unless it's in, it, unless it's in the head. Are you with me? An eyeball sitting on a shelf does nobody any good. If you are part of the heart, the heart has no definition unless it's within a body. You will need other parts of the body to help define who you are. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Oh, y'all quiet today. My God, thank you, Lord Jesus, that the word of God is going forth. You're going to need someone else. You're going to need someone else. Just staying at home is not going to get it. If you're part of the foot, a foot that stays or a big toe that stays at home has no definition unless it is joined to the foot. You're going to need other people. A place where your gifts and talents can be used and a place where you can give and also a place where you can receive. You're going to need others to help define you, to help give you proper definition. God calls even preachers. He calls preachers to a people and a people to a preacher. Hallelujah. 
just last in the division of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. He called me to, the, to a people in this area. And then he called a people in this area to come here. This is the work of the kingdom of God. Are you with me? No one can stand alone by themselves. People say, well, what about Paul? Well, what about Paul? Jesus trained him over there for a little while, and then he sent him to join with the body. Everybody must join to a local fellowship. Not just any fellowship, but the fellowship where Jesus calls you to be a part of. Are you with me? Because there are certain connections in every fellowship that is meant to help and to bring out or to sharpen and even to uh, rub the wrong way in some respects to uh, the mess that's on the inside of us. There are certain personalities that are geared specifically for every born again believer that are in each individual congregation. Are you with me? The personalities, you need it there. If Jesus calls you to be there, then you need the personalities that are there. It's going to help you. It's going to benefit you. And it's also there. You are also there so that you can help them. But going back in the book of Malachi. Malachi, the first chapter. I thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to really start here at verse number six. Malachi, the first chapter, verse number six. It says, a son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest, that despise my name. And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Ye have offered bread upon mine altar, and ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? Look at verse number nine. And now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons, saith the Lord of hosts? This, of course, is talking about the offering the offering but let me tell you what particular offering it's talking about if you turn with me in your bibles back over to the book of romans the 12th chapter romans the 12th chapter this is where i feel the lord telling us to go today romans the 12th chapter we look at two verses verses one and verse number two thank you holy ghost verse one says of Romans, the 12th chapter, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice what it says again in verse number one. He said that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. 
So this goes far beyond money. Money is the least. But what is the most is your practical service to the Lord. How are you serving the Lord? How are you serving Jesus? Now go back to Malachi. And we'll speak from the subject, to the, from the subject today of actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. You know, husbands, a, a small rose or let's break it down. Your wife is at work, working hard all day, and you get off early and you go to the store at Florist and uh, you get a lot of roses and you sprinkle rose petals on the bed. Now, you haven't said anything to her, but when she gets home, your actions speak louder than words. Are you with me? Or, by the same token, if you're driving down the road and you accidentally cut somebody off and they raise up one of their fingers, they hadn't said anything to you, but their actions speak louder than words. What you do speaks so loud that we can't hear a word you're saying. What you do speaks volumes. What you do speaks volumes. I praise you hearing, with, hearing us today. Have your way, Lord. And so back in Malachi, the first chapter, verse number six. Now, who am I talking to today? Who am I talking to today? Who am I talking to today? Okay, all right. I know who I'm talking to today. Thank you. Verse number six says again, a son honored his father and a servant his master. If I then be a father, where is my honor? If I be a master, where is my fear? I said, Lord of hosts, unto you, O priest. Now he's talking to the priest. He's talking to the leadership. We'll read further on down, the Lord willing. But what has happened here is that the Lord said to them, you say that my table is contemptible or worthy of despise or or is despised or is not worthy. You say that my altar basically is not worthy. Priest, you say that you say that uh, I am not worthy of service. You say that. But they said, what? When have we said that? But see, they didn't say it with their mouths. They said it with their actions. What they did was speaking louder than their mouth. They did it with their actions. Now, these were the priests. These were the leaders of the people. What was happening? The people were bringing in to the priest for sacrifice animals that were blind, animals that were lame. They were bringing in animals that were sick. And the priest received those sacrifices and they uh, put them on the altar. They killed them. They burned them before the Lord. And the smell of that gets up toward heaven. And God says, I'm not having that. I don't receive that priest. Why are you saying to me, priest, that my table, my altar is not worthy or is worthless? Why are you saying that to me, priest? They said, what? We haven't said that about you, God. What are you talking about? No, no, you didn't say it with your mouth. You said it with your actions. 
Every time they received from the people a sacrifice that was blind, that was lame, that was sick, they were saying that to God. Are you with me? Because what we do speaks louder than what we say. Just like the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. They weren't talking to God, but God said, I've heard their cries. What they were doing was talking so loud. It reached the ears of heaven. And listen, when God hears, God will respond. When he hears, he will always respond. Just like the blood of Abel in the beginning, the book of Genesis. Abel was dead. Blood don't talk. But his blood did speak. God heard. Because Cain's actions created a speech. Just as we said before, when you render your tithes or offerings to the altar, when you render a proper sacrifice, a pure sacrifice before the Lord, you say, Lord, I need this money. I need it. You know I'm behind on this. I'm behind on that. But I know that I've got to honor you. You've done so much for me. I love you. And out of obedience, out of, out of a sincere heart, cheerfully, I bring this to you. What I cannot afford, naturally, I bring to you as a sacrifice. Now, once that hits the altar, you're beginning to talk, 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 talk. When you're sleeping at night, that offering is still talking, 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 talking. That tenth is still talking. What are you telling the Lord? I believe you. I trust you. I honor you. It is then speaking for you. When you're not speaking, when you're not praying, your sacrifice is speaking for you. Understand what's happening here. The prophet Malachi has just come from the presence of God. God has given him a word to give to the priests to tell the people. And what's happening here is that the people have brought in these offerings that were blind, sick, and lame. God heard their offerings talk. And he responded to the speech of their offerings. I pray you're with me. He responded to it. He sent a word to Malachi to go deal with the leadership and leadership to deal with the people. God responded to it. The same thing happens on the good side, on the blessed side. As we step out by faith, God hears and responds. You see, the people knew that something was wrong, and we'll see this further on in the text. They knew that something's wrong. They knew that they wondered why God was not receiving their offerings. They wondered why God was not receiving their animals. They were completely oblivious. They wondered why. But how did they know that God was not receiving it? How did they know in the Old Testament? How did Cain know that God did not receive his offering? How did they know? Because they would see something happen, something tangible come down. They would see something. They would feel something. They would know if God had received their offering or if God had received their sacrifice. They were expecting something to happen. And when that something did not happen, they know that God did not receive. But in today's modern day church, most come and don't really expect. They just put it in because it's, you know, I want to help out. I just want to help out. I just want to do my part to, to help out. So here it is. I, I have some spare change lying around. Here you go. All right, have a good day. They want to they're given to make themselves feel better, but not in expectation of the blessings of the Lord. 
I pray you hear me today. When you give your tithes, when you give your offerings, a pure offering and a pure tithe before the Lord, expect heaven to move. Expect a tangible transfer of blessings. Expect something tangibly, something to occur. Expect not only a light show, because a light show won't help pay my bills. Thunder rolling, woo, it's great, but that's only for a moment. It can't help me pay Georgia Power. Expect something tangible to happen. If you are a farmer, you should expect increased growth in your crops. You should expect your apples to grow a lot bigger than the guy down the street. You should expect your watermelons to be so sweet and that everybody want to buy it from you. Expect something tangible to happen. Because after all, we're serving a supernatural living God. Are you with me? We've gotten away from that. We've gotten away from that. Let's go back in the text. We're going to define some words because we're missing out on something. We're missing out. We're missing out big time. We're missing out. We're so distracted. We're missing out. And Malachi tells about these things. And so the Bible says here that the people, in verse number 8, it says again, if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is, not, is this not evil? Isn't that evil? The sick and the lame, isn't that evil? He says to them, offer that to your governor. This is the, I love this. This is a shock, shock factor, something to wake them up. He says, what you're giving to me, Go take it down and give it to your mayor. Uh, go take it and give it to the president. Say, Mr. President, I've got a present for you. Here's, here's, here's my dog, Rover. He's sick. He got the manes. He's also blind. And uh, he's lame. A couple of his legs are missing. But here's a present for you, Mr. President. See, will he receive that from you? How would you like to get a present like that from someone else? He say, hey, hey, bro, Larry, I got a brand new TV for you. 40-inch TV, plasma. It really, it, it's a real nice TV. But, you know, when you plug it in, it may blow a circuit or two in your house. Sometimes the control work just a little bit funny. You may have to, you know, it may shock you or something. And the picture, it's supposed to be color, but sometimes it comes around with black and white, some lines. But, hey, after all, it is a 40-inch plasma TV. Here you go. I at least gave it to you. Oh, I know you've been needing a new car. Here's a new car for you. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, you got to put tires on it, though. But it is a car. Uh, it needs a new engine, too. But, hey, it's a car. They would give God less than their best and still expect for the wonders of heaven to open up. And they wondered why. Why aren't I getting blessed? And so the Lord sees all this up in glory, all this up in heaven, and sends Malachi word to go back and tell the priest to tell the people, hey, here's a shock value. Take that to someone else that you honor and respect and see if they will like it. I'm sure they thought, hey, I wouldn't take that to him. Why in the world am I giving that to my God? Are you with me? 
The tithe and all, I mean, the offering, this is talking about the offering, but the offering is much more than about money. It's about our service to God. Because Romans 12, chapter, verse 1 and 2 says, present your body a living sacrifice. So we can actually, in today's church, be serving God blind, lame, and sick. And wonder why the blessings of God are not falling down upon us. Because after all, we do come to church. After all, I do do this for you, Lord, and I do that for you, Lord. Why aren't you blessing me? Well, is your sacrifice blind, lame, and sick? Well, how do I know my sacrifice is blind? Blind meaning without vision, without sight, without hope, without expectation. You're just serving blindly. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. Any reason why you're doing it? Uh, I'll do it. Without no with no expectation, no faith goes out. You just you just there, serving God blindly, no expectation, no faith. Are you with me? Are you serving God blindly today? You just well, I'm here. But why are you there? Is there any vision? Is there any sight? Is there any motive? Is there, is there any reason? Why are you doing what you're doing? What do you see as a result of what you do today? Uh, you're blind. You're giving God a blind sacrifice. Lame. Some of the sacrifices were also lame. That meant that something was hindering their mobility. We're serving God with a hindrance. Serving God with a hindrance, uh, hindrances like unforgiveness, hindrances hindrance like bitterness, uh, hindrances like unconfessed sin. All these things hinder our walk with God. It hinders you from serving fully. So we bring our sacrifices, our sacrifice of our lives up to the altar of God and it's blind. We don't see anything. There's no reason why we do. We just do it out of some other reason. It's, it's lame uh, we, because we're carrying all this baggage on our lives that we have not rendered to the Lord. And the Bible says there are also sacrifices that were also sick. Sick. When you're sick, what makes you sick? You get sick because there's another, another life form inside of you that's trying to take over your body. Where that life form is infection, the life form is virus, it's another living organism that is trying to take over. Sick, meaning that we're trying to serve God with two opinions, with two or more opinions, because people can be sick of more than one thing at one time. We're not fully committed to God yet. We're we haven't fully signed on with him. So our service is of a dual or triple nature. We want to do this. I'll do this so I can get close to Elder Larry. I'll do this so I can get close to the pastor. I'll do this for this and I'll do this for that. You're of a double or dual nature. So your sacrifice is sick. I pray that you're hearing today. Sick also means contaminated. It's laced with something. Are you with me? There's something else in there that does not belong there. Another life form that is hindering you from serving, giving fully. Now, when you give your sacrifice to the Lord on a pure altar and your sacrifice before him is also pure, you will find out that it will bring, come up before him as a sweet savor in his nostrils. Go to the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. Let me show you what I'm talking about.
Philippians, the fourth chapter. Not going to read all of it. Philippians 4. The church at Philippi there uh, had gotten their gifts ready to give to Paul for the work of Christ Jesus in his life. They gotten all their gifts together. And uh, this is the, the reaction. This is what happened here after they got it, after they gave it to him. Philippians 4, this is out of the NIV, verse number 18. It says, and I have received full payment. This is Philippians 4, verse 18 out of the NIV. It says, and I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Ephorodius the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. Here again, because they gave it out of a sincere heart, they gave it out of love. Are you with me? They gave it out of a sincere heart. They gave it out of love. It was untampered or unhindered, uncontaminated by selfish motives, ambitions, uncontaminated, pure offering. And it went up before God as a sweet fragrance, a sweet scent in the nostrils of God. A pure offering. Are you with me? And as a result of that, the Lord issues out a word through the apostle Paul in verse number 19. Remember, what you do speaks louder than what you say. As a result of that, he comes a word just like God sent through Malachi. Verse 19 said, and my God shall, shall meet all your need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Or my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. A word comes back. I pray you hear it. I pray you hear it because we're missing out on so much. When our offerings or our tithes are, are contaminated, when they're contaminated. Now, how, how can a tenth be contaminated when it's not a tenth? When it's a ninth or an eighth or fifth or, or second or two, two percent. It's contaminated unless it's the tenth. Are you with me? When you honest with God, God knows whether it's a tenth or not. Um, listen, here again, I'm not trying to make you give money in church. I'm not trying to make you pay your tithe and offering. I'm just trying to tell you the truth for those of you that want to be truly blessed. Hallelujah. And so, understand, what they did spoke to God. Their sacrifice spoke. And then God spoke back. I pray you're hearing this. Let's go to Acts the fourth chapter. Let's see another example. Acts the fourth chapter. Acts 4. Rather, Acts the tenth chapter. I'm sorry, Acts the tenth chapter. Acts 10. We'll see something else. You see, what you do speaks louder than what you say. I pray you're hearing me. Because listen, the more words you have going up before God, the more incense you have going up before God, the more he's speaking about you. He's speaking about you. And when God releases words concerning you, your life is increased. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, he hears the cries and he goes down to respond. Just like this, this, this is one reason why he sent also, um, he sent also another prophet, Jonah, thank you, Lord, to Nineveh. Because he said, told him, I've heard the cries of the, the Ninevites. I've seen what they're doing down there. What they were doing was speaking to God. 
And God responded by sending a word through his prophet to tell the people. Now, we see all these things in a negative sense, but see it also in the positive sense. How your, how your actions speak to God and God releases words back to you that will increase your life. In the negative, what you do speaks to God and God releases some other stuff in your life that you don't want to happen. In the Bible, there were curses released. There was destruction released. Uh, in the case of Sodom and Gomorrah, all those things were released. But even in the uh, case of, um, of Jonah in Nineveh, when the Ninevites heard the word prophesied that God was going to destroy your place, they immediately went on a fast, all of them. And God heard that and did not destroy them. What you do speaks more than what you say. I pray that you hear what's going on. And so Acts the 10th chapter, Acts the 10th chapter, verse number one. Are you there? It says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. No, this was not a rock group, by the way. Verse number two says, a devoted man and one that feared God with all his house. Uh, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Listen, verse 3. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. Now look at verse number 4. Cornelius, verse 4. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Do you see this? It has come up before God. Not only your prayers have come up, but the things that you have done. And more particularly here concerning the offering, alms as, an, as offerings. These things have come up before the presence of God. And now God releases a word to him. I pray you see a pattern here. Verse number five says, and now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon of Simon, Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. When your offerings come up before the Lord, when your works come up before the Lord, God will release something to you. But the thing that you bring to the Lord must be out of a pure heart, sincere motives, not half-hearted. Go back to the book of Malachi. Go back to Malachi. We're actually beginning to close out now. I want you to see something here. It says here in verse number eight. Now we're going to go ahead and go rather verse nine. nine. We're going to go into the Amplified Bible. It says now then this is out of the Amplified uh, Malachi, the first chapter, verse nine. Now then I, Malachi, beg you, priest, entreat God earnestly that he will be gracious to us with such a gift from your hand as a defective animal for sacrifice will he accept it or show favor to you 
in any, or to or show favor uh, to any of you, saith the Lord of hosts. You see, when a sacrifice is rendered properly in a pure heart, God will show you favor. I pray you hear me. He will show you favor. Now, what is a sacrifice? Here again, we offer our lives as a sacrifice before the Lord. Number one, what is a sacrificial offering? A sacrificial offering is not made out of pocket change. A sacrificial offering is that amount that you know that you really need. Are you with me? It's that amount that you have prayed over and that you have fought. You see, when they would give, an, when they would give a sacrifice to God back in the Old Testament, what would they do? Well, they would go out among their herds and find the best-looking one and bring that to the Lord. That was a sacrifice because if they would sold, have sold that, they would have gotten a, quite a bit of money. It was the sacrifices of the Old Testament that were very important because it pointed to Christ. I pray you're hearing me. The sacrifices pointed to Christ. They were to bring spotless lambs. That was talking about the gift that God would give eventually. Are you with me? In Christ Jesus. So they were to bring pure sacrifice before the Lord. Not lame, not blind, not sick, not throwaways, but bring these pure sacrifice before the Lord, the best out of their homes before God. And then God would in turn see their sacrifice, see that it resembled Christ and bless them. Are you with me? Oh, we're about to end up, really. Verse number 10 said again. Now listen to verse 10. This is, this is very strong here. We'll stop here for the day. Verse 10 says, I'm the Amplified. Oh, that there were even one among you whose duty it was or rather, whose duty it is to minister to me, who would shut the door that you might not kindle fire on my altar to no purpose, an empty, futile, fruitless pretense. He said, oh, if there was somebody, some priest down there. Now, understand, yes, this is talking about the pastors of local churches. But more importantly, it's talking to us as members of the body of Christ because Christ has made us kings and priests. And you ought to offer your own sacrifices before the Lord. The sacrifice of your life, the sacrifice of your finances before the Lord. God got so upset with them and said, I wish that there was at least one of the preachers down there, one of the priests that would just shut the door and wouldn't let folk bring that in the house. Just one. Just one pastor that would, that would shut the door and that would stop the people from just giving me throwaways. He goes on to say, am I not a king? Am I not worthy of it? But see, I understand some of the motives of the priest. Because understand, you think, why would the priests accept that? Brother Simeon, you think, why would the priests accept these blind, lame, and sick animals? Why would they accept it? Because the priest, just like the modern-day pastor, the, the one that God has called to be full-time, if he were thinking that his needs came from the people, he would take anything he could. Because the priests had a family. Most had a family, had children. And were not able to go out and own their own lands or, or raise their own crops. They were responsible for the temple 24-7. They were responsible for the house of God. 
And if people didn't bring in sacrifices, they couldn't eat. If they didn't bring in tithes of their grain, of their crops, they couldn't eat. They would offer these things up before the Lord, and then they would take a portion back there for themselves, for the priests, so that they could eat. That was ordained of God. So the people wouldn't bring anything in. They couldn't have anything. Nehemiah picked up on that because the people had stopped giving to the temple, stopped giving to the house of God. And so the priests had left the temple. They left the house of God, and they went out into the fields to begin to fend for themselves. Nehemiah came in the book of Nehemiah and told the people, y'all are wrong. You're wrong. Look at what happened to the house of God. It's desolate now. The priests have abandoned it because the people had stopped giving of the tithes and offerings. So the priests had to support their family, so they left the house. Are you with me? So they're feeling, I'm sure, not, not enough nerve to say, no, Mrs. Johnson, uh, that, that animal is blind. Well, it don't look so bad. Let me, uh, yeah, come on. Yeah, bring it, yeah, bring it here. Well, it's sick, but it's, well, it's not all that sick. Well, at least he got two good legs. Bring that lame, but it got at least two good legs. All right, bring, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. Because they are, because they are saying, well, if I don't get this in, we can't eat tonight. And my children are hungry. We can't eat tonight. So I guess I got to take it. But God was saying to them, oh, that I had one man full of faith, full of courage that would shut the door and wouldn't allow them to come in who could distrust me for their income. Hallelujah. Who could distrust me? You see, I can't tell you of the, the amount of time, Brother Larry. I can't tell you of the amount of times when, when things got really low, really, I mean, really low in this ministry, really low. And I knew God called me to be full time. I knew he did. But I said, Lord, I got to supply the needs of my family. Oh, it was a big debate. I called the elders. I called everybody. What I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do. And so I made the decision. I'm going to get me a job. Tired and offering the down. I, it just, it just won't work, Lord. But all the while I'm hearing God tell me in my ear, you need to stay where you are. Just stay. Lord, I hear you, but I got, I got light bill. Lord, I hear you, but I, I, I got, I'm going to be put out. I'm going to be put out. I, I hear you, but I hear, hey, Lord saying, I would take care of you. I, I take care. I would take care of you. But I got the big head and said, okay, Lord, please forgive me. Went on out, got a job anyway. Went on down to Carrollton. Went on down to Staples, got a job. And every day I was there, I felt the Spirit of the Lord pick me up and say, you know where you ought to be. You, I'm like, Lord, 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 I got to do this. Leave me alone, Lord. But you know where you're supposed to be. You know you. Lord, Lord, I need this. Lord, he said, but you know where you're supposed to be. I say, yes, Lord. But even there, he would bless me. Even there, he would bless me. I would get tips. People down there saw me getting tips in. How in the world do you get tips? I've been down here these many years. I never, nobody ever gave me a tip. Well, I served them and God was still with me. Still got raises. They were talking about me getting in management. You want to join the management program? No, I still, I still heard, come on back, come on back, come on back. They were shocked. Why are you leaving? I got to go back to the house of the Lord. And I had to believe God for my income. Are you with me? I had to decide. I had to decide. Love the people there. Still go there sometime and talk with him, yada, yada, yada. But I had to decide who my husband was going to be. And so I understand about the priest, believe me. I understand about the priest. But they had let it go too far and too long. And God said, uh-uh. Oh, that would be one that would shut the door. Now, how do we shut the door in today's modern-day church? 
by telling you you don't have to give a dime. You don't have to give a penny. Only bring that that is honorable in your, if it's honorable in your sight, it'll be honorable in God's sight. If you bring it out of a cheerful heart, God will receive it cheerfully. Don't give it, don't give your tithe or an offering out of restraint or uh, if somebody's forcing you to give it or like you paying a bill. God, please do not equate God like a bill collector. We ought to give it out of love. So in today's modern day church, we shut the door by telling you simply truth. If you don't want to give it, don't give it. If you feel like you need it, keep it. The altar is for sacrifices made in faith. And those that God will, and those sacrifices that are made in faith, stretching out past what they can do, God will receive. It comes up for his presence. I see. Hmm. Yes. I see. I smell those sacrifices. I will release a word on their behalf. Bless, 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 bless. And it goes out. It may hit the words of, of somebody on your job. And they begin to talk about you in the boardroom. You know, we got this position down there. Who are we going to hire? Who are we going to find out? Bless, 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 bless. Oh, who? Uh, uh, turn it down there? Yeah, let, 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 let's give it to him. He's been faithful. Yeah, yeah. He's been good. God bless, bless, bless. And you down there mind your own business and they call you in. You don't know why you think you're in trouble. But you, they call you in there and say, we want to give you this job. Because God is giving, releasing favor on your behalf. I pray you with me today. Look at verse number 11. Rather, at the end of verse number 10, it says, I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hand, because it's, it's unworthy. If it's despised in your sight, it will be despised in his sight. But if it's like, even like the, the widow's two mites, to her, it wasn't despised. The amount, it wasn't in the amount. It was in her heart. It was only two pennies, two mites. But to her, it was everything. Are you with me? Verse number 11 says, and listen, this is how we're going to end it off. Verse 11 says, for from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name shall be great among the nations. And in every place, incense shall be offered to my name. And indeed, a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations, saith the Lord of hosts. But you priests profane it. When by your actions you say the table of the Lord is polluted and the fruit of it, its food, is contemptible and may be despised. You say also, behold, what a drudgery and weariness it is, rather this is. And you have a snip, a sniffed at it, says the Lord of hosts, and you have brought that which was taken by violence or the lame or the sick. This you bring as an offering. Shall I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? Verse 14. But cursed is the cheating deceiver who has a male in his flock and vows to offer it, yet sacrifices to the sovereign Lord a blemished or diseased thing. Listen to the last phrase. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts. And my name is terrible to be reverentially feared among the nations. 
He simply says, listen, y'all mistreating me, but I got folk out there and other nations who's really honoring me. I am a great king, the Lord says. Can you hear him sing it, uh, saying it forth? I am a great king. I am a great God. I am a great God, even though you don't treat me like that. But I am a great king, and others will serve me. Others will, will, will yell and sing forth my praise. It, my, I may not be great among you, but I will be great among the nations. Now, who's he talking to? His own people. Scary, isn't it? His own people. He had to tell them, I might not be great with you, but my name is great. Because the people were saying by their offerings, by their sacrifices, uh, God's table is not worth it. Uh, I'll bring him something that I, you know, I'll keep the best for myself because we do have money. And I'll stop with this point. We do have money. We just spend, we just choose to spend it other places. We do have time. We say, I don't have enough time. We do have time. We just choose to spend our time other places. We do have talents, but we just choose to do it other places. Someone else gets the best. And we bring God what's left. So when somebody says, well, I really don't have enough money. I mean, uh, they say, well, I'll, I'll begin to pay a tithe to get my offering. I'll begin to come to church, you know, but, you know, I got to pay this off first. I got to I got to do this. I got to do this first. I always have to pay this off. God, you wait before I, I got to get this done and then I can handle you. I'll be, to, I'll, I'll be able to come to church, but I got to have this job so that I can pay this bill. God, wait, always wait, wait, wait. Let me take care of this first. Then wait. Let me take care of this first, God. Then wait. We got it. We got it. We have it. But we just choose to tell God to wait while we take care of this. Then as soon as we say, as soon as this gets taken care of, then we'll take care of you. But don't you know that day will never come? <laughs> Get a second job, a third job. That day will never come. You've got to make it come and step out on faith. And believe God. See, that was makes your sacrifice so precious because God knows that you need it. God knows that your time is meant to be needs to be spent some other place. But you give your time to him. He knows that you need your money other places, but you choose to give that to him. That's what makes that special. You go among your flock and you choose the best and you give that to him. And it is that that speaks volumes to God. Even when you say nothing. God bless you. Friends, I know you have been truly blessed by this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Media Ministry. Remember, if you are looking for a church home, we would be glad to have you each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. For more information, give us a call at 770-537-1933 or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org.